What's up, listeners? Thank you for tuning in to the Figure It Out podcast. Figure It Out podcast. Where we figure everything out from business, social media, marketing, and more. Because we are always living that marketing life. Living that marketing life. On this podcast, we fuel marketing through education, inspiration, and motivation. Fuel marketing through education, inspiration, and motivation. I am your host, Frank Yenzi. When I first asked people on social media to be on my podcast, I was secretly hoping he would reach out to be a guest, and he did. The way he handles his business and personal brand on social media should be an inspiration to others. He was born and raised in the nation's capital. He resides in Ottawa's West End with his wife Lisa and young daughter Audrina. He studied at Algonquin College for Business Administration, majoring in HR and Marketing, and at the University of Ottawa for a BA with a concentration in Psychology and Communication. He is passionate about all things real estate related, marketing, and loves his socials. Ladies and gentlemen, one of Ottawa's top real estate representatives from Coldwell Banker First Ottawa Realty Brokerage, Nick J. Kite. Welcome, Nick, to the Figure It Out podcast. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Frank. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. I'm excited to hear what you have to say about social media, marketing, and your personal and business stories. Please tell us a little about you and your business. Born and raised here in Ottawa. I'm a real estate agent with Coal Banker First Ottawa. My office is located here in the West End, just off Maitland, where I'm enjoying myself right now. I've been in the real estate business since 2012. Ever since I started, I've loved every aspect of real estate, continue to do it to today. Pretty much every day is a new day. All the people that I get to work with are special, really goes towards my uh, referral-based business. So can you tell us how you started, how you first got into real estate? I've always loved everything to do with real estate. So it wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when. In terms of real estate, when I got in in 2012, really it, it matched and mirrored my passions, which was real estate and then my creative side, which is my marketing and socials, a business and career that I'm able to do exactly what I love on a daily basis is, is something that I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to be uh, an entrepreneur and own my own business. And this is something that I work towards to this day. uh, I've never looked back and have enjoyed every single day and will do until uh, I no longer can do real estate. Going back to how you use your creative side for the real estate part for your marketing. Can you tell us like when you started using social media seriously for your like personal brand? Once I started in, in, in real estate in 2012, that's really when I started uh, on social media. So it was a natural flow. I, from day one, saw the value in, in social media marketing, especially video content, custom lifestyle videos of the actual property, and also of the community or that specific neighborhood to showcase buyers, the audience, all the amazing aspects of that location, and then bring them towards the property that I was selling over the competition. Definitely, I have used it and leveraged it to sell more homes and a lot faster. Just kind of having fun with not being so caught up with ensuring that I have the most followers or, or whatnot. Just, just kind of going with the natural branding of each property, coming up with a marketing script, 
the push pulls, the social media, and having a lot of fun and, and explaining to potential buyers why this home would be ideal for them uh, in that location. So how did you transition from each platform? Because when I, because I was in China, then I come back to Ottawa and then I Google Oz's restaurant and I'm going through the Google pictures and I see you, then I go on Facebook and I'm like, oh, there he is. Then I'm on Twitter and like, there he is, LinkedIn, YouTube, everywhere, Instagram. I'm like, this guy is using social media right for his business and his personal brand. And he's doing all the right things. He's active, he's consistent. Honestly, from everyone in Ottawa, you're one of the top guys that I've seen actually use social media how they're supposed to. So how do you, how did you transition from each platform? Did you all, did you jump in all at once? Did you like wait back a bit when one of them came out? Like, how did that work for you? Definitely ease my way into it. Obviously, as a new business, social media isn't your number one. It assists with the business. So you have to do the, you know, the things that, that make you successful. And that's getting out, meeting people, giving them a call, letting them know what business you're in, trying to, to get people to, to use your services, whether they're looking at selling, buying, or investing. In terms of right off the gate, uh, it was Facebook. I started with Facebook. I, I naturally was drawn to it. I enjoyed the personal aspect of, of sharing in a very lighthearted manner. A lot of people were on social media, on, on Facebook at that time. So to me, it was just natural to get on and let people know what I'm doing and promote my properties that way. At the same time, I was I started with Twitter. Twitter at that time was kind of just starting up and and really making a push for it. And I just enjoyed the the quick and easy aspect of Twitter and sending out stuff and 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 using the hashtags and and again just having fun with it. I would have gone into my YouTube and LinkedIn together. YouTube is where I was putting up all my new listing videos, my content for neighborhoods showcasing my client appreciation parties and and using that to our advantage and LinkedIn I just personally feel it's one of my favorite platforms it's pretty much your CV on a social media platform and by putting up exactly what you do and how you do promoting that you're you're getting a different audience which is what I like about each of the platforms you come across different people. You go down one path on LinkedIn, something jives or something happens for you, uh, or maybe not. And then you can jump over to Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. And then Instagram is something that I started off as well. More more from a personal standpoint at the get-go, I didn't really fully do it business-wise the first few months. And then they came up with different aspects that we were able to you know, share more photos, video was able to become longer. Originally, it was only 30 seconds, which is not very long. Now it's, you know, a minute. So they've really built up these platforms to be very video friendly. And that's, that's what I've used to leverage with with my uh, custom videos is they go out on uh, for for Instagram, um, I have the it, it edited for the one minute platform so that it can easily be shareable. Uh, and then I use the full like videos on the other platforms and go in between them all. To be honest, it really is a full circle. And, and I use it that way because no matter where people are looking more or enjoy whatever platform they like best, I'm there and providing them value and, and a way for them to get in contact with me. So do you do all the content yourself or do you have someone helping you out? So I come up with the content and my client experience officer, Serena, 
she comes up and, and assists me with all the graphic work, putting it together in Canva, uh, a multitude of other, other platforms. And we work closely on that. I'm a big, big believer in that coming up with the content from our perspective, the, the kite experience is really important to us. So that's why we have a branding across all platforms that is similar, but how we, how we market on the different platforms um, it varies. So I kind of have a two-part question. I have, I have one real estate individual from Toronto and he posts a lot of a, a, a real estate that's like over a million dollars and it's in Bonn, Ontario. And I just follow him because I'm interested. I, I want to see the nice houses, but he gets reamed from, you know, people on their keyboards. Why would anyone buy this? Uh, I can buy two houses for that price. This is not worth it. Da, da, da. Do you have to, do you deal with any of that negativity from people who like, okay, if you can't afford the house, don't say anything, you know? So do you ever have to deal with that type of stuff? Of course, but th that's, that's part of, of social media. It's, it's the same thing in person. So that's why the whole branding perspective is what you do in person, you should showcase online and you're not for everyone. There's going to be people who, who don't agree with your views. They don't agree with how you run your business. They don't agree with how you represent properties. Um, and there's always going to be people who have, have negative things to say. And you really have to, you really have to take it with a grain of salt and understand that it, it is what the purpose of you being online is for. And the purpose is, is for my clients, my friends, my family, my associates, the people who support me, I support them. You kind of have to learn that what people will say is, is their prerogative and it shows a lot about them, has nothing to do with you. And that's why they have the block and uh, mute <laughs> function on many platforms so that those negative echoes can be removed. I think for some people, it takes time to get over the hump. Eventually, you, you learn how to deal, uh, not, you, you learn how to ignore the people. You, you learn that who cares what they say? I'm doing me. I'm doing what's best for me. I don't care what this person says. Were you always okay with the haters or were you, did it take time for you to get used to it? So I'm, I'm human. So there are days where it's just like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, I, I've, I've been in this business since 2012. I'll be honest. There, there are people who, who I thought would use my services because they know who I am and, and how I am as a person. And they didn't, and they still don't. I think that probably is one of the hardest hurdles to get over is that you have to realize that some of the people that you thought would would have your back in business don't. What I've realized is that's probably for the best. Yeah. Because the people who support you from day one or come around and support you, which I've had many times where people have used other realtors many times, repeated. Some things haven't worked out and they reach out, want to use my services. I'm happy to say that anyone who either comes to me from the get-go or comes to me third or fourth down the line, once they're with me, they haven't left. That's what I concentrate on. Um, the people who, who know exactly what I'm there for, and that's to protect their interests, get them the best deals, sell their houses for top dollar, and, and do it in, a, in as a stress-free as possible manner. 
uh, by being proactive, planning, and and listening to what what they want and their needs, and and matching that with uh, how we market to the property to to the auto real estate market. So, so yeah, kind of going back to my second part of the question, the, the individual I follow, he's in, I guess he's in Toronto or Bon Ontario, but he's on TikTok. At first, I was like, what's he doing on TikTok? He's going to get destroyed. So that's kind of why I followed him, because that's, to, I don't know, like I'm not in the in the business, but. I know that there are a lot of keyboards on there and a lot of people with thumbs on TikTok, and he has 30,000 followers, which like you said, you don't care about the followers because what's the point of having 30,000 followers if no one likes you when you have three followers and they actually like it kind of what you were saying, but he gets, you know, 40,000, 50,000 views per video. And then people are reading him. Why would I buy it? Why would I buy it? Why would I live there? It's too expensive, blah, blah, blah. But then he comes back and says, he actually, he doesn't fire back, but he responds to them. And he says, I've actually got four or five leads from this. And if, if I think about it, if he gets the commission on that, it's like, it's worth it. What, what's your take on him using TikTok to use for his branding? So I, I'm a firm believer that people can run the business how they want. I, I don't believe every social media platform is one that is for everyone. It depends on which demographic you're targeting. I, I personally wouldn't go on TikTok, but that doesn't mean that anyone else shouldn't. And you kind of have to be very familiar and, and understand that, yes, there's different platforms, but there's only so much time and so much planning that you can do in your socials. So you have to, you have to understand that like it's, this is an add-on. It's not your entire business. So there's a lot of other stuff that realtors do. I know there's a lot of stuff that I do that has nothing to do with, with marketing and social media. And those are very important tasks and items to get done on a daily basis. So you really have to plan, put out, use and track and research on what platforms work best for you and how you use them track and you see what happens. And if, if one platform is not working for you, then maybe it's time to add another platform like TikTok or whatever else is going to come down the road, but it's better. It's better to have tried and see if it's a fit than not try at all. Yeah, I totally agree. So do you have any unique stories from social media helping your business, whether it's something positive or negative, something that stands out that someone can take away from? From a business, like from a business standpoint, in terms of like unique stories, just last year, it's it has to be one of the top highlights of my career. M one of my my properties that I represented got chosen for Global Luxury Home of the Week, and so what what people what the background on that is is that Coral Banker is an international worldwide company. There's over ninety two thousand agents. It's in over forty nine countries. Each month, new listings are put into, from all around the world, new listings are put together and there's a committee that chooses. And in a year, there's only 26 homes that are chosen. And I can attest to saying that very few of those each year are in Canada. And I can tell you that not one has ever been in Ottawa before. We were chosen to be uh, the November, the October, 2019 home of the week which they promote based on our custom lifestyle videos our branding our marketing it was something that i could not believe neither could our brokerage that we were chosen to be coal banker global luxuries home of the week that's why that's one of the values that i bring is 
is I'm certified through Global Luxuries. In Ottawa, any property listed over 750,000, which is the threshold for this market, I'm able to put it up on the Global Luxury website and, and promote it and expose it worldwide. And that is something that uh, I could not believe. And when you get an email from the VP of Global Luxury just saying, congrats, you know, it was great to meet you in person a couple years back and love seeing what you're doing and, and following you on your social media. So that to me from a, a business standpoint was a highlight. From a personal standpoint, there's been many really, really positive stories that have happened. One that does kind of stand out and, and still does to this day, a single mother, two boys uh, reached out through Facebook. Uh, she was referred to me by one of my clients. She was going through a very difficult situation in her home life. She needed to get out. She was not able to leave the home for a period of time that would allow to go and see listings to see if they were the right match for her. This is kind of going back about three, four years when virtual showings was was not really a thing. It was if you if if people did videos, that was, you know, other than a very few people at that time were doing videos. So this is kind of going back about three, four years when virtual showings was was not really a thing. It was if you if if people did videos, that was, you know, other than a very few people at that time were doing videos. So um, I did a call where I would FaceTime and use some WhatsApp to show her the property with uh, one of her family members um, so that she wouldn't have to leave the property or her, her house. And we did this until we found the right one. It was a very sad situation, but through, through the social media, through running a referral-based business, these people trusted me in this situation. We found, we found her and her family a place. She got out of a very bad situation. We still keep in contact to this day. That has definitely stood out to me as a, a marker in that the people who, who, who I work with, they really value how I support them. And they'll know, um, just like my friends and family know, that I'm so loyal and will do anything it takes to get whatever it needs to be done. That, that to me is something that you can't match and, and, and you can't pay for it. I think, yeah, both those stories are kind of two ends. Like one was like glamorous and then one kind of had a sad side to it. But because of social media, you know, you've benefited on both ends and you help out people and then you got rewarded on the other end. So it's interesting how social media helped you in those two cases. Absolutely. And, and the, you know, it's just, it's like the, it's daily stuff that comes up all the time that just kind of makes you think and, and, you know, you go, you have those ah moments. So that's why I love it is, is that uh, the way, the way social media is now towards the way it was before and the way it's going to be in the future, it, it just changes and you have to adapt and roll with it. And that's something that I thoroughly enjoy. As we continue the Figure It Out podcast with Nick Kite, we discuss the changes that are required for the pandemic and we discuss the future of video marketing when it comes to real estate. So speaking of adapt, because right now everyone's adapting in some kind of way because of the C word. So yeah, the C word. I heard we can't say it because maybe YouTube might block it. Just what I heard. So we won't say the full out word. What changes, what did you have to adapt to? Can you tell us more? your business and using social media and what is the market now trying to look at houses when the when the pandemic uh, occurred obviously th there's a lot of 
mixed information out there and people just didn't know what was going on. Real estate was deemed essential. The essential need to buy and or sell still, still was occurring. So we came up with our own COVID uh, safety and preparedness plan that protected the sellers, visitors to the home, and also uh, for buyers on the precautions that we would be taking um, if in-person showings were required or not. I'll start with the, from the listing side. So first and foremost, if, if you want to look at owner-occupied home or if it's vacant, owner-occupied, are they going to be able to move out for the time being that it takes to sell the house or are they going to remain in the house? All those have different scenarios, but underneath an umbrella, what we did is we ensured that the health and the disclosure form was filled out by anyone entering the property before showing was confirmed. So that's confirming that the people entering and there is to a maximum of three, that would be the realtor plus two adults from the same household, no children and no, no one else can be in there. Um, they would have to sign a form. They have not traveled, been in contact with anyone traveled or showing any symptoms. And that, that document is sent to me as the listing agent prior to confirming the showing. Upon arrival, we had gloves, masks, Lysol wipes, hand sanitizer that were asked for them to put on, remain social distance inside, not to use the washrooms. Every interior door, uh, closets were left open, lights on, uh, which reduced minimal touching. Yeah. Um, and they, we were only granting 30-minute showings and no overlapping showings. This proved, so out of the three homes that I sold during the uptake of the pandemic, which would have been uh, March and April, uh, all homes were, were protected and the sellers were extremely happy with how the home was represented, how it was taken care of, and ultimately that they all sold and for above list price with the exact conditions that uh, they were looking for for a closing date. And then from the buy side, uh, a lot of these people either previously had sold a house so they needed to buy or vice versa and so we we did not travel together we'd meet at the properties they would be i would provide them the gloves the masks uh, explain what we're doing um, how we're going to do it that they're not to touch anything that if they want anything open i have my gloves so that i can go back and wipe down and again that that proved to be successful as well a lot of the people that that I came across or that were showing properties were extremely respectful of the 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 homeowner's wishes as well as my wishes and that just kind of further showcases the professionalism here in the Ottawa real estate market so do you think this, these types of changes will have the influence going down the like going down the road of real estate or you think it'll kind of go back to normal but not really normal what type what types of changes do you think will happen so I I, I definitely feel that the video marketing walkthrough virtual touring for people that never did it before they see the value of it now and no longer will i hear that social media doesn't sell houses it 100 does uh, and is a factor that we use since day one um, so i think that in itself will be the biggest trend is that you will see more real estate agents on social media and using social media whether it's effective or not for their brand that's that's up to them but that's going to be one trend and, and I, I i thoroughly do uh, i do see that for 
people to be able to make a decision which uh, for a lot of people it's the most either expensive or the biggest investment they're ever going to make in purchasing a home you you do need to see it in person and so having precautions and being able to provide that for our clients i feel is is where the value add is i know that there were there have been people who have purchased through virtual showings and you know that's that's fantastic that's not something that i would recommend to any of my clients in terms of purchasing just because there are so many what ifs and and dimensions and the way you see something maybe not the way it, it, it is in person 30 minutes showing to confirm that it is the right place i i believe means everything and it also shows the buyers that were their best interest is being protected because we've gone to homes where i was told get ready we're offering on this home this is the one and we arrive and it is a completely different it either the layout wasn't exactly what they wanted or it wasn't as large or it was too small or they didn't like the bathroom or the kitchen as much as they liked it in the photo or the video the bathroom or the kitchen as much as they liked it in the photo or the video so i i feel that for someone who's going to purchase online without seeing it in person and then arrives and goes and sees it and has that kind of that kind of gut oh i would i i would be horrified if that was one of my clients yeah that would not be fun so from your videos, I see the drones and then I follow a Vancouver marketing firm and they do a lot of videos for real estate and they have the, I think it's called the Mapaport camera. Yep. It's a, yeah. So is that popular in Ottawa now or is that going to eventually get here? Yeah. So, so it, it's already here. De definitely. I, I, I believe that people are going to be using that service. I prefer the, the more lifestyle custom tailored videos for each of my properties no 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 home just like people no one's the same and so that's where that kind of custom and tailorization comes in for the marketing so i like i still like to tell stories but i i find that sometimes the way these videos come across it comes across cold by demonstrating the emotional uh, aspect of the home and why those home the previous homeowners purchased and why someone needs to buy this house right now because of x y and z is is the stories that i like to tell through video i think that's a good way to look at it because you give it that personal touch absolutely i i i think that by doing that for for each home that's represented respecting the wishes of your sellers and you're also exposing it to the demographics that are going to appreciate those those uh those details so it sounds like over the years you've built the experience and the knowledge and the how-tos. Can you, do you, you must remember, but I've always, I love asking uh, this question. Do you remember your first official sell? 100%. So it, uh, it, uh, it took place in the Crestview Meadowlands neighborhood. I was referred by close family and friends. They were neighbors. I was, I, I couldn't believe that they trusted me that much. I was fresh out of the gate. They, they referred me and said, you know, this is, uh, you know, you, you want to go with this guy, you can trust him and he'll work really hard for you. I met with the family. It was an unfortunate situation that uh, it was the children of the parents who had passed. So they were dealing with it uh, from an estate standpoint. 
all three of them did not live in the city. So it was a lot of back and forth at that time. It was a lot of phone calls. It was a lot of preparing, getting the house ready, assisting with removing items in the basement uh, on garbage day, and then coming up with the concept in terms of doing the video, the photos, and then putting it on the market. I remember it fondly that it sold in, in one day uh, just below uh, list price at that time, which, which was a record for, for that neighborhood and that type of home, uh, even in a very slow market. And I will never forget the feeling that working towards all that when the deal became firm and seeing the kids so happy that their home was represented and that you know they were able to put their parents to rest was something that uh, that I took from from that situation and have I've used that kind of manner with a lot of my clients uh, who who unfortunately there are a lot of uh, homes that sell uh, for not good circumstances that's what I mean is that you just really never know uh, what's coming up or or who you're going to deal with you we deal with people and and not the transaction which is why we're a complete relationship based business yeah that, that sounds for a first time sell you know it must have not been easy because you're dealing with emotions and like you said kind of a sad story absolutely it some, sometimes there it's all fun and other times it's uh it's just not but the basis of what what needs to be done is the home needs to sell and so we have to come with a way to get the home sold with the best conditions and price for our clients as we head into the final segment of the figure out podcast with nick kite we talk about what he would tell his younger self any tips or advice he'd give to young marketers real estate realtors and the takeaway from the entire episode you've already given us a lot of great stories and insight about the current situation and what you've been through. What is something you would tell your younger self when you're first starting out? I would say, uh, take a step back, relax. Not, not everyone that you thought you would work with uh, is going to work with you and that's okay. I think it, what it really does, it really does toughen up your, your, your skin. It, it makes you realize that there are people who have your back 100%, no holds bar, and there's people that that just don't. It doesn't mean that that you're not friends with them. It just means that you can't put friendship and business together. And the business that I run, you can run, you can put friendship and business together. And I've been doing it for eight years with great success. And so when someone tells me that business isn't personal, it 100% is. Business is personal. And so I would, I would continue to tell my younger self to, to be okay with that and, and not take it to heart and realize that sometimes it's just for the best not to work with certain people. Yeah, sometimes it's not, it's not always the best match. That's right. And you're not, you're not the same way that the same way that uh, people interview me or want to meet me to see if I'm the right match. I'm, I'm doing the exact same thing. I have said no more than probably people would expect just because the relationship, it just didn't match. Or when I'm providing factual information and, and strategies that have consistently worked 
and they're being questioned and or, uh, you know, what about this? What about that? What about this? Well, you know, when you go to the doctor, do you, do you tell them that, you know, did you consider this? Did you consider that? Did you ever do this? What about this test? No, the, the doctor's going to tell you, you, you know, thanks for reading Google, but uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm the profession. This is what it is. And if you don't like it, you can go find another doctor. Uh, same thing with a lawyer, same thing with an accountant. So I, I run my business uh, based on trust. It's a relationship and it's a two-way street. Yeah, I think that you nailed it because sometimes people think they know what they're talking about, but you, you've been doing it. You've seen the facts, you've seen the stats, you've seen the strategies work and they come in and they think they know. And why would you want to work with someone like that? Well, it, it, you know, sometimes people, that's, that's their background and that's their, that's the way they are. They yeah. like to question and, and whatnot, which is fine. I, I, I love questions that that's not what it is. It's, it's the, it's the, it's more of coming from a standpoint where if everything that you say, there is a, a, but, or a, however, or did you think about this? They're, they're not questioning. They're, they're, they're actually, they don't trust you. Yeah. That, that's the key is so if you can't get to a, a position of trust with your potential client, then then it's going to be a really, really uphill battle moving forward. And real estate buying and selling is is difficult on its own. But not having someone who trusts you or or is always questioning everything you do is is not good for your your mindset yeah. and it's not good for your business because you take that energy and whether you know it or not you put it on to other clients who are so happy to be with you and work with you and so i learned that it's not worth to take on a bad apple it's 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 just not worth it and uh politely say no and and wish them wish them all the best yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, negativity is kind of contagious. Exactly. Nick, I love the professionalism in you. It, it's, it's, you know, it's, it can't go unnoticed. So you've talked about what you would tell your younger self. What about the young marketers, people trying to make a name for themselves, people trying to use social media, people working with clients, or even, or even real estate realtors? Be true to who you are. And, and what that means is it's okay not to know. No one just walks into a business and knows everything. So ask questions, research, educate yourself. And if you don't know something, you have to ask because there is so many legal aspects with real estate as well as other professions that, that you can really put yourself into a situation as well as your clients. So definitely ask questions and educate yourself. The next would be to have fun. It's a very stressful business if you have no business. That's why the, the you know, that's why majority of people don't last in real estate because the persona is that you sell a house, you get all this money and you're living the great life. What that's not the reality. The amount of money it takes to be in this business and be successful in it is a lot of, it, it, it's the only business that I've ever seen that you get paid last. And if someone doesn't, it, you can put up all the, you can front all the marketing and all the hard work up front. And if someone decides that they don't want to work with you, you've pretty much lost all that. So who you work with is really important. So the second thing would be, choose your clients wisely. Don't just choose anyone because that can be a road that you don't want to go down. 
another thing is is just just enjoy the creative side and whatever that means for you uh, in terms of marketing socials or whatnot um, just just try and and not and not be so caught up with with are people following me are people commenting are they liking put up content that you're proud of and that you want to share from your standpoint and people will listen and the right people will will want to use your services and refer you and the other ones won't which is okay another one is just kind of continue to educate yourself on the various aspects of your business and brand things are changing all the time so the more that you can stay on top or look at the cutting edge and trends better you're going to be prepared to implement that into your arsenal understanding that that's not the right route for your you, you and your business wow those are great points i can relate to all those and it makes a lot of sense so as we wrap up, what would be your big takeaway from our episode today? You know, that, that life is really short. And if you're not doing something that you love, whether it's a hobby or it's your business, it's probably a good idea to, to find something that, that you're passionate about and, and that just makes you happy and bring a smile to your face. I'm not saying every day I'm walking around like roses. My wife will confirm that that's not the case. I absolutely love this business. I love my clients. I wouldn't change anything in my past that has led me to where I am right now. I'm very, very, very blessed. I think that's a great point. I, I didn't see that one coming. So that's great. Uh, <laughs> that's a great answer. <laughs> Well, thank you. It's uh, it's uh, I, I've just I just love talking about real estate marketing, relationships, technology. To me, it's all it's all everyone. It's very subjective. People have their opinions, and I just love to to share my kind of two cents. And w whether people agree or not, um, you know, that's that's up to them. I think it's it's okay to have disagreements and you know not see eye to eye. But as long as as long as it's, it's in a healthy environment. You know, completely. Uh, you're, you're, if you're not having a back and forth conversation and it's one sided, you're not having a conversation. You're yeah. just speaking with yourself. So yeah. it's always nice to give out, you know, information and, and little uh, tidbits and tips. A lot of people kind of try to keep everything, you know, this is what works for me. So if I share it, no, you know, no one else is going to know. Well, you know, that's not my philosophy. My philosophy is, is help people let them see their own personal brand what works for them and be okay with who they are as a person they don't have to copy or or be someone else that that to me is probably is where you kind of set yourself away from from the other professional you know other realtors or you know other other people in different business it just kind of sets you apart people people respect that yeah you're totally right because who wants to talk to a wall right <laughs> All right, before we head off, where uh, where can people find you? Your socials, your website? Yeah, so uh, I'm uh, nickkite.com. That's my uh, my website. And on all my socials, so YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook, it's uh, at nickjkite, and that's K-Y-T-E. And you can find me there and uh, give me a follow, send me some DMs, ask any questions. 
if you want if you want to comment uh, that the homes are overpriced <laughs> you can do that too perfect well i love this conversation it was really insightful it was good it was good to see from your point of view and you provided a lot of great information thanks frank well it was it was amazing to be on and uh, thanks for having me. And uh, I really do look forward to doing this again in the future soon. We are at the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, share, Carol Buddy. Find me online, connect, ask a question, follow, subscribe. You can find me, Frank Yenzi, F-R-A-N-K-I-E-N-Z-I. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Pinterest, YouTube, I'm there. Check out my website for daily blogs, frankyenzie.com. So remember, figure it out. That's what we do on the Figure It Out podcast. Figure it out podcast. Where we figure everything out from business, social media, marketing, and more. Because we are always living that marketing life. Living that marketing life. On this podcast, we fuel marketing through education, inspiration, and motivation. Fuel marketing through education, inspiration, and motivation.